This is the Craft of Coaching podcast, where you'll learn about how to become a life coach with a strong skill set through understanding the craft of coaching. I'm Kate Swoboda, also known as Kate Courageous. As the director of a life coach training program called the Courageous Living Coach Certification Program, I'm passionate about the craft of coaching and how we evolve the skills and the industry. Learn more about our program at teamclcc.com. And here's today's episode. Oh, we've got such an important topic today, all about respectful client boundaries. And what I mean by that is not, you know, something where like you as a coach might, you know, do something like show up at a client's door, right? I am trusting that anybody listening to this has enough common sense to know that you don't show up at a client's door. You don't get involved in sexual relationships with clients. You don't start telling clients what to do about their health or their finances, you know, as if you are somehow the expert on their life. I'm not talking about those kinds of client boundaries. I'm talking about respecting client boundaries when clients are suffering. And that might sound a little bit odd, but of course I'm going to unpack it in today's episode. So there's this common problem that can happen where because life coaches are empathetic, many struggle with knowing the line between care for clients and crossing the line into caretaking, okay? Care for clients and crossing a line into caretaking. Here are a couple ways that I've seen this show up. Uh, Caretaking might show up as the client is late to sessions chronically, and you feel bad about that. So you go ahead and you give them a little more time instead of holding them to the start and end times of their sessions. Caretaking, you don't want them to feel bad, especially if they're already struggling with something else in their life and you care about them. Caretaking would be chronically allowing late payments. Same thing. This is a professional relationship and maybe you feel bad because you know your client, like, you know, it's taking income for them to pay you. Or maybe they've hit an unexpected rough patch. Caretaking could also look like having a lot of trouble allowing the client to be in process. Now, let me differentiate between care and caretaking in the simplest possible way. Care is respect for the client's process. Caretaking is when the coach is trying to control the client's process. So, Care as respect for the client's process when a client is chronically late to sessions would go, okay, this person is late. It is their session time and they get to use it how they want to use it. And if they make choices that habitually, chronically have them show up as late to these sessions, they get to have that process. And the consequence, the downfall of that choice is that we end right on the time that we're contracted to end for and the client doesn't get all the time that they might otherwise get out of the process. But that's their process. Caretaking would be trying to control the client's process, sending a bunch of extra reminders about being on time or letting the client have all the extra session time so that you you really end up reserving, you know, 90 minutes or two hours for a client instead of just that one hour session. 
Let's talk about money then. Another example, care would be respect for the client's process. The client is in process with their money and they can decide not to continue with coaching. Okay. That is an option that I hope you're making available to your clients because locking someone into a contract in order to work with you probably is not the most ethical way to operate as a coach. Um, but when someone says, okay, you know, I only have $200 a month for coaching for these two sessions and I'm committed to it and I'm showing up for the sessions, they need to pay for the sessions. And if they have an unexpected financial emergency arise, then a conversation can happen about pausing coaching. A conversation can happen around setting up installments so that temporarily the coaching is a little less expensive per invoice, even though it will add up to the same at the end of the day. That is respect for the process that the client is in. Caretaking is trying to control the client's process. Jumping in, I won't charge you for those sessions. You can just pay me in six months, stuff like that. Care for a client's process as it applies to when clients are in a place of suffering looks like the coach taking the bigger view that the suffering, the difficulty might actually be a necessary part of the client's process. And the coach is willing to be with the client in that process. That is care. Caretaking would be trying to control the client's process, the suffering the client feels, pushing the client into sparkly affirmations, even though the client isn't in that place, trying to stay on the phone with the client until they arrive at some kind of breakthrough. Um, you know, jumping into a session and coming up with some kind of exercise and the coach holding a lot of attachment around the idea that the exercise is going to be a breakthrough moment for the client. You can't know when a breakthrough moment is going to happen for a client. Respect for the client's process looks like going, hey, they're in process. I can't manipulate it. I can't push a lever to make it, you know, happen faster Transformation happens when transformation happens. One of the most exquisite metaphors I've ever heard for this is uh, when I was actually working with my own coach. I've worked with two coaches long-term in particular, worked with many coaches, but two in particular long-term. One is Matthew Marzell, who I've mentioned multiple times across all of my work over the years. But for the last several years, I've worked with Leanne Raymond, who is just absolutely lovely. And I remember coming to a session with her one day and I was just really in it. And especially the critic was, was up for me, um, during that session because it was just like, God, when am I going to get this? You know, that kind of a feeling. And she gave me the metaphor of a butterfly that is struggling against the chrysalis. And I know, I know butterfly metaphors and self-help. Oh my God. Roll your eyes. Right. Except it's such a beautiful metaphor. She told me that, you know, a butterfly that is struggling to break out of the chrysalis, you know, we could look at that and we could go, I know I'll tear a little hole for the butterfly to make it easier for them to get out and it'll happen faster. But biologically, if you do that with a butterfly, they die. There is something about the pushing against the edges of the container 
that is too small for that butterfly anymore. That is necessary for the butterfly's growth. It's strength building. And care for a client's process is understanding that suffering and pain and setbacks and failure are part of a process of growth. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not at all saying it has to be that way every single time. That's a pretty pessimistic view of life, right? I'm not saying that if you aren't suffering enough, you're doing it wrong. I'm not saying that you should push your clients to suffer, right? <laughs> like this is nuanced, all right? It's not all of one and none of the other, vice versa. It is just paying attention and noticing that you can't save your clients from their suffering. They are in process with it. You can offer them hopeful perspectives. You can offer them empathy. You can be right beside them in the process that they are in. You can let them know that you care. I actually think that letting clients know that you actually care is important. Why do we have this idea that we're supposed to be professional, air quotes, by not letting clients know that we care? You can let clients know, I really see that you're suffering right now. I'm so sorry about that. This is really hard. But you can't fix it, right? You can let the client know you see them, but you can't fix it. So one more time, care is respect for the client's process. Caretaking is trying to control the client's process. And when you try to control what's happening in a session or save the client from any negative feelings, you end up caretaking, not caring. And that is where respectful client boundaries, I think, in coaching are most often breached. That's where we go sideways. And I think there's, I've heard that culturally, there's a greater tendency for this in the United States and in the Western countries than any other, but there's this tendency to think if a little bit is good, then a lot must be much better. And, you know, it's easy to get in into the idea that if a little bit of care is good, then so much more care is going to be so much better. That's just not how it ends up shaking down. If you try to jump in and save a client from their negative feelings, or if you always have the helpful sage wisdom for them when they come to sessions, or if you always have the new idea or the fix, if that type of dynamic arises between coach and client, what it really breeds is codependency. What it really breeds is a situation where the client is just running to coaching sessions to get advice or a new hit of inspiration or some reframe that's going to help them to feel better. What we need to be doing is giving our clients agency. What we need to be doing is helping our clients to develop resiliency. What we need to be doing is helping our clients to put their experiences into a context. If you really think about it, the most helpful personal growth work that anyone ever does is helping us learn how to name and claim our personal stories, our personal journeys, and then put that into a context, an overall life context where we can go, okay, this hard thing, I'm going to set it on the shelf right here. 
I'm going to label it hard thing. And I'm going to admit the parts of it that suck, the parts of it that are really hard. Thank goodness to have coaching as a place where I could be really honest about all the pieces of me that are harder for me to be with. And then, okay, we've got this place where we've named it and we've claimed it. Now, what am I going to make it mean? That's the context. What am I going to make it mean? I invite you to think about this. I always think that putting it on your own experience is hugely helpful. I invite you to try this on and put it into your own life. It's like, okay, where are the places in your life where when you are stuck, instead of respecting your own process, respecting the stuckness as having worth or value or being part of how you're developing the resilience that you will have on down the line, where do you try to control it? Where do you try to control the process? Where do you try to numb out from the negative feelings? Where do you try to caretake yourself instead of care? For yourself. If you can practice it with yourself, you will be able to practice it with clients. Now, how to put this into practice in your actual sessions, especially if you are already doing some level of coaching and you've noticed like, oh, now that Kate's pointing some of this stuff out, I kind of think to myself, I think a little bit of that codependent caretaking thing might have accidentally, you know, give yourself some grace, some compassion, might have accidentally entered into how I approach coaching. Oi. Okay. Here's what I would suggest you do. Sit down and actually think about situations where there's a difference between care and caretaking that you've already encountered with this client. And Actually, like, just take a piece of paper, write down, okay, so when this situation came up and and this is what the client was struggling with and this is what I did, I can see how that was caretaking and here's what I think care would look like. And then have an open dialogue with your client about it during a, a future session. Let the client know. So I was thinking about, you know, what we talked about a session ago with this, that, and the other. And my response at that time was to, you know, just really stay on the phone longer and talk about this more. And we arrived at a really good place. And I think it was so valuable that we spent some time there. But today I'd really like us both to like take an evolutionary leap forward here. How is it that we can together, and I want to support you in this, how is it that we can together create a container for you to actually give yourself care on our calls and in between sessions. Let's move into a little more independence. So in other words, frame it to your client as that was one place that we were in and it had value in its own way. And by value in its own way, I'm not, you know, speaking on this podcast now, negating what I said earlier about caretaking being problematic. Caretaking is problematic and what I'm, when it goes on and on and on, right? When it's chronic. And what I'm suggesting you do is actually look at caretaking as a, a stepping stone on the way to care. And you can even take some ownership in there around like, you know, I, I, I can really see how 
for as much as, you know, I, I went to the place I did during that prior session because I care about you and I care about the fact that you were in pain. What I see, the vision I see for both of us is that we evolve into a place where you are, are able to go, you know what, hold on a second. How do I want to handle this situation rather than checking in with my coach to see what they would think? When you try to control what's happening in a session or save the client from negative feelings, you end up caretaking, not caring. And this work is a, a, a just like opportunity to reframe like crazy because what'll happen when you start looking at how to be with the negative feelings instead of get out of them as soon as possible with some handy solution or reframe or inspiring da 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 is you stop seeing them as bad. It's like that butterfly in the chrysalis again. The butterfly, I'm sure, does not like the experience of having to work so hard to escape the tight confines of a chrysalis. And I'm the first to raise my hand. When I have something where I'm stuck, I don't like it. But I have come to accept that it is a necessary part of being human. It's very human to struggle. And again, I'm not saying that all of life is a struggle. This is like the binary thinking. I can just hear someone, I don't know, listening to this podcast and then going, well, but that's so negative. Like all of life is not a struggle. Yeah, I I got that. I got that. I'm actually inviting us all as coaches into something bigger, something far more nuanced, something that makes room to say I don't want life to all be a struggle and room to say right now it is a struggle and room to say here's my despair that worries it'll always be a struggle and room to say F the struggle. It's not going to always be a struggle and room to say I don't need to polarize against the struggle and say F the struggle in order to not struggle and room to say I have gratitude and room to say all of it. You know, there's context here. Context is everything in so many ways. And there's nuance here. It's not all of one thing and none of another. And we as coaches are the first place to model this for our clients. It's so hugely important that we are the first people to stand up and say, hey, this paradigm, which frankly is really a marketing paradigm that most people have been socialized and conditioned into, this paradigm of this magical land where you never have problems, as if it's separate from this other place that like the rest of us reside in where there's good, there's bad, there's in between, there's awful, there's amazing, there's like meh. Like the richness of the human experience is the context and the nuance of all of it. And the more you can do to not make difficult things bad, capital B, bad, and instead make it about a process that the client is in that you're not going to try to save them from by distracting them with like affirmations, but you're going to be with them in that process. This takes skill to do, but it can absolutely be done. And you being in your process, you are the training ground for how to learn how to do that. And that is how you have the truest, most respectful client boundaries. All right. Thank you so much for listening. As always, you can learn about the 
life coach training and certification program that I am the director of, the Courageous Living Coach Certification, over at teamclcc.com. That's T-E-A-M-C-L-C-C.com. You can also connect with me on social media. I'm Kate Courageous on Instagram and Your Courageous Life on Facebook. Hope to see you around. And as always, thanks for listening.